Today's daf is daf Lamed Hey. We're beginning at the Mishnah at the bottom of Lamed Alamed Beis. So I'll tell you the Mishnah. Yesh Chayav Al Maisus Shayroi. There is a circumstance. The circumstance where a person will be obligated for the actions of his ox who Potter Al Maisa Atzmo. But if he himself did the same thing, he would be exempt. And Potter Al Maisa Shayroi. Whereas there are circumstances where the ox does it. Then you are potter for the actions of your ox, but chayv al ma'is atmo. But if he himself does it, you would be chayv. So what are these circumstances? Ketzad. So shoro shebiyesh. So let's say you have a, your your ox embarrassed. Let's say your ox went and uh, uh, with his horn pulled off the dress of a woman. Okay, so he's embarrassing the woman. So now your ox is not chayv for boshes. Boshes, we have a pasuk. Only a man is chayv for boshes, not your animal. All right. So shoro should be as we potter. But who? But if you did the same thing, then you shahu should be as we chayv, because a man is chayv. So you have the same act done by the animal, done by the man, different result. Shoro shesima es ein avdo. We have a very interesting parsha in the in 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 the Torah. Evet Kanani is actually your shadow. You own Evet Kanani. Yet the Torah says that if you blind or knock out the tooth of your Evet Kanani, the Evet Kanani goes free. There's a cluster, that's the din. Technically, it's like you would kick a dent into the door of your car. But the bottom line is, he goes free. What if your ox blinds or knocks out the tooth of your Evet? So again, the the Evet would not go free. So therefore, so Shoro Shesimus ain't Avda Vehippelashino would be Potter. But who Shesimus ain't Avda Vehippelashino would be Chayev. Same act by the ox was Potter, by the person, the owner would be Chayev. All right. Now, let's, we know like this, we know that there is a, one of the capital offenses in the Torah is causing a wound to a parent. That's why people have to be very careful taking a splinter out of a parent's finger or, or if you're a dentist working on, uh, on the tooth of your parent because you're not allowed to cause them to bleed. You're not allowed to cause a chabal. It's a, it's a capital offense. So therefore, like this, if your ox gored caused a wound in your mother or your father, so you will be obligated to pay your animal. You're going to have to pay your parents for the financial loss incurred by the, for the nezek that, that was caused. Whereas if you did it yourself, you damaged them, you would be potter. Why would you be potter? Because you have the death penalty. Because you have the death penalty. So therefore the ox is no death penalty, so there you have to pay. So that's another example with this. Similarly, your ox goes over to your neighbor's uh, haystack and burns it up. Okay, somehow figures out how to get the candles over there and burns it up. Chayev, you're going to have to pay. Rashi says, because it's a shino. This is not a, this is a deviation. It's like, this falls under Karen. Like it's a Karen, we Karen, right. Okay, but, if you would go over to your neighbor's field and you would light it up on Shabbos, you would be potter, why? Same thing. Why? Because the last two cases, you are chay of misa. If you chay of misa, come the drab so you don't pay. Whereas the ox is no chay of misa, you you would end up paying. All right. Now, this is a little bit of tangent of, of topic here. It's going on a tangent. So tiny Rabbi Yavolka made Rabbi Yechanan. Now we know that malacha and Shabbos has to be done to be chay 
It has to be a melechas machshevas. It has to be done with forethought. It has to be a calculated, it's, it's melecha by design. So therefore, and it has to be a constructive act, like the Mishkan was constructive. Therefore, it comes out that if you do a destructive act, you do melacha, in, but it's in a point of destruction, you would not be chayev. So what Rabbi Yavol taught a following b'risa in front of Rabbi Yochanan, he taught like this, in all the melachas that involve destruction would be pturin except for two. Chutz mechabel umavir. Mechabel is causing a wound. I'm sorry, chutz mechovel umavir. Chovel is causing a wound. Umavir is burning something up. Because those two, by, net, by definition, the b'risa understands, are destructive by nature, and therefore they don't fall under the concept of Malechas Machsheves, and therefore you could be Chayev as a capital offense, even though the intent might be a destructive one by nature. So Amal Leirav, Yechon did not accept. He says, Puktani Lebro. He says, go teach it outside. Chovel go teach the God. Whoever taught you the distinction, that there's a dis- distinction by Chovel teach it outside. Because Chovel ain't a Mishnah. There's no Tanoic teaching like that. You will not find a Tanoic teaching tell me that if you do a destructive act for Chovel and Mavir, that you'll be Chayv and Malacha and Shabbos. And if you do find a Mishnah, you, know, you find a Tanoic teaching that seems to imply that for Chovel and Mavir, you will be Chayv, that's because Chovel B'Tzarech L'Klavoy. That's where you're wounding an animal because you need the blood for your dog. Now, what does that change? If you're wounding an animal because you need the blood for your dog, that makes it into a, a, cons- a, a constructive act, not a destructive act. Or mavir b'tzarech la'afro is or when you're burning something because you want to use the ashes, you want to use it for healing purposes, you want to use it. So therefore, what he, but basically what Rabbi Yochanan has done, he's saying that all 39 malachas have to be malachas machsheves, have to be a constructive act, even choval and mavir, and, and, and even though they are sometimes or most times destructive by nature, but when it's destructive, it would not fall under the lamates malachas. And anytime you find a Mishnah or a Brisa that includes choval and mavir, you have to explain that what's referring to a scenario is where the person is doing choval or mavir for a constructive way. Well, how do you do it? Either you're doing it for the blood or you're doing it for the ashes. Clear? Frag the Gemara, our Mishnah. This is why we bring this back over here. Tanan, we went to our Mishnah, Shoresheh, because I got this with Shabbos. We said that if your ox goes and burns up somebody's haystack on Shabbos, Chayv, you're going to have to pay for it. But if you did it yourself, because I got it Shabbos, Potter. Now, the Gemara understands that there has to be some type of symmetry. When you're giving your contrasting cases, they must be the same. Now, the Gemara assumes right now that when your ox is going and burning your neighbor's haystack, it was not being done as a constructive act, which means that if you're contrasting it when a person does it, the Chorid also must be talking about without the intent to make it a constructive act. And therefore, what do you see? That you do say it's a capital offense, even if the intent was... On purpose then? Well, not on purpose, but it was destructive. Even if it's destructive, you, you see that you're chayev. So Ketani, who do me to show it, says he, he's doing it the same way as his ox did it, because that's what we're comparing. So Ma'ashor do'l kaboyle, just as the ox doesn't need the ashes, 
Avhum, the Amidalok abides. Also, no matter when he does it, he doesn't need the ashes. And nevertheless, what does it say when he does it? Kedani Potter. You see, it's Potter when he does it. Mora says, Why are you potter from paying for the for the stack? Because you'd be it'd be a capital offense, even though it was a destructive act, not a constructive act. So Mora says like this: I understand that there has to be symmetry, and therefore you have to compare the way he does it and the way the ox does it. But why are you starting with the same intent the ox does? That must be the intent that he had. Let's go the other way around. Yes, let's compare it. The same way that when he does it, he's doing it for the purpose of the ashes. I'll tell you also the case he's talking about where the ox does it for the ashes. Now, it's true that an ox does not have to do it for ashes to be high of a financial thing, but in terms of the comparison, in order to make sense that when he does it, the man does it, it'll be chayev, and that's dafka when you need the ashes. I'll tell you that I told him about a case where the ox did it for the ashes as well, which no one's going to question right away. Because it's like, it means, Shara do me the day. Maybe it's comparing not him to the ox, but the ox to him. Ma'ahu de Kabayule, just as when he does it, he needs the ashes. Av Shara de Kabayule, so too when the ox does it, needs the ashes. How do you come up with a case that an ox is burning a stack because the intent of the ox was that it wants the ashes? We're talking about it's a very smart ox. That got bitten on its back. And it wants to burn up the stack to roll around in the ashes. Frag de Gemara, you're giving a lot of credit to this ox. How do you know that that's what the ox is intending? Gemara says, I know it because I look at what the ox did. After the ox burnt the stack, what did it do? It rolled around in the ashes. After it burnt up the stack, it rolled around but could be in the ashes. Okay, Moran says, theoretically, I guess you could say that. But practically, pragmatically, is there ever such a scenario? Could you ever find such a thing happening? Moran says, in, I'll give you an example, a practical situation. Rapapa owned an ox, right? Rapapa used to be a, 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 a beer merchant, I believe. But Rapapa had a, a, an ox. That was having toothache. So it had an ox with toothache. Ayil, it went up, it took the, 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 the cap of the barrel, it took the top of a barrel, drank from the beer, the itzi, and it healed itself, that now it no longer had a toothache. So what do you see? That it's possible for even an ox to learn certain behaviors that might be constructive and beneficial for the ox. So just as this ox figured out that beer, taking off the cap of the barrel, the top of the barrel, and drinking from it heals its teeth, it could be that an ox burnt the stack because it recognizes that ashes heal its wound. Anyway, the point is you have no question from our Mishnah against Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan still maintains that in order to have a capital offense, for Shabbos, when it comes to Chovel, Umavir, it has to be a constructive act and not like the Brisa that it says those are two exceptions that could even be destructive by nature. So, Amra Bona Kamedira Popam, Mar Matis Amart, Ami Matis Amart, Shari Dumidi Day. Mar says like this Let's go with the, your, your assertion right now, Yochanan's assertion, that we're comparing the actions of the person to the, the, uh, the actions of the ox to the action of the person, and it's done for a constructive person. Are you a, purpose? Are you able to say that? 
Because Lechora, the earlier part of the Mishnah said that what that it says that when are you uh, when is your ox chayev uh, a part of something and you're chayev? It says that if the ox embarrassed, if the ox embarrassed is potter, when a person embarrassed is chayev. Now you're going to be hard pressed to say that the ox can have the same intention as a person. Clearly, when a person does something to embarrass, he understands what he's doing. An ox does not have a concept of embarrassing. So therefore, how could you say that we're not comparing the actions of the person to the ox, but comparing the, person, uh, the intention of the ox to the person? Lechor doesn't work in the case of embarrassment. That's the most question. So when it says like this, V'haktan ishor shebiyesh is potur, v'hu shebiyesh is chayev, shoradum yedideh, you're going to compare the ox to him, the niskayin, niskavin levayesh, what? He has an intent to embarrass. So, hechem ishkafin, how are you going to say the same thing, that the ox has an intent to embarrass? The one that says, no, 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 you, you don't have to say that. Because we already learned earlier in the Masechta that to pay for embarrassment, you don't have to have intent to embarrass, you have to have intent to cause harm. So you don't need the ox to be chay, uh, to be chayev or potter from Busha with uh, it, 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 with intents to embarrass. All you need that intent to harm. So therefore, that uh, yeah, the man who intends to harm and causes embarrassment is chayev. The ox that intended to harm, even though it caused embarrassment, will be potter. But now you can say apples to apples because we don't need the intent to be embarrassed. All you need the intent to be to cause harm. So it says kigoyin shneskaven lahazik. Like the master said, that even if the intent wasn't to embarrass, but the intent was to cause harm, you could be chayev for boshes. Rubber says that we can really explain the whole Mishnah without coming on to the strange case that the ox is, is, is intending to burn the stack for the purposes of, uh, of, of the ashes. Because that's a very, very difficult uh, reach to explain the Mishnah that way. So, but how could you explain it and still hold that you're only chay of Misa by Chovel uh, uh, by, by and by uh, Mavir if it's a constructive act? This is like this. What Drova is going to teach us is this din of Kamle Bedurabamine that when there is a death penalty involved, that's the greater of the two, you do not with the same act, we do not hold a person financial, you don't actually have to have the death penalty. As long as it's an act where there would have been a death penalty had it been done on purpose. Which means even in a case where it happens beshogeg, even in a case of beshogeg, if you did something beshogeg, that would have resulted, if you did a bemaze in a death penalty, that's enough to exempt you from financial payments, even though you're not going to be executed. That's the rule we're going to see. That is the, that is the principle that we're going to say. Now, once you say that, then you can say that the case of our Mishnah is both the ox and the person did the same act. Now, obviously, if you're doing it with beshogeg, you're not doing it with intent either to cause harm or to, uh, or with intent to destroy a construct. It was an accident, it was a shogeg. Nevertheless, the din of Kamle Bravane will kick in. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's how we're getting around the problem. So what is it like this? So Rav Amar, Matis and Beshogek, it is not, the Tana de Bechizkyo. This is a principle that was set forth by Bechizkyo, we're going to have many times in Shas. The Tana de Bechizkyo, Maka Adom, Umaka Behemoth. The Torah puts down two cases next to each other. One is when you, uh, 
kill an, a person, and one when you strike a person when, and, and, and cause him his death, and one is when you strike an animal. A person striking a person, and a person striking an animal. Just as when you strike an animal and cause harm to the animal, there's no distinction for exemption, for, for, for liability. It makes no difference when a person strikes an animal. Where they struck him, B'shogeg, Bein Mezid, when you struck him, B'mezid, Bein Meskavin, whether you intended to harm, B'shein Meskavin, when you didn't intend to harm, Bein Derech Yerida, where you did it in a, uh, in a motion going downwards, for Gullus, it makes a difference down or up. But for financial purposes, it makes no difference. Where you did it in a downward motion, Bein Derech Aliyah, where you did an upward motion, it makes no difference, the Potra Mimon, to exempt from Mamon El In all circumstances, you're going to be Chayev when it comes to striking an animal, there is no exemptions, there's no distinction. Now, it compares to striking and killing a person. So therefore, so therefore, af maka adam, so too, when you kill a person, lo tachlok, do not make any distinctions. Bein shogeg lamezid, whether you intended to uh, accidentally, whether it was an accident, whether you intended to kill him. Bein miskaven, whether there was intention, there's no intention. Bein derech yurido, whether it's going in a motion going down. Bein derech yurido, whether it's a motion going up. You're in all exemption, l'chai v'mom, there's not going to be a difference to be m'chai v'yu mamon. Because since you're killing the person, there will not be a chiv mamon, under all circumstances, you will be potter because you killed the person. Even if it's a case of shogeg. Okay. Because the din of Kamleb de Rabamine applies. Because you go to Gaulus? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The din of Kamleb de Rabamine applies because if it's an act that could have led in a major situation. That's the, that's the rule. So therefore, so therefore, it comes out that if you go with that, the teaching of Chizkiah, then Rob is right. Our Mishnah doesn't have to be talking about amazing situation. It was amazing situation. You have to come on to was it constructive, was it not constructive, needs the ashes. You're going to run into problems with the case of the ox. But if it's a shogeg situation and you can still say then you don't have to come on to what the intent of the person was. At the end of the day, if it would have been with intent for constructive purposes, you'll be chayv misa. So therefore, the shogeg, you're going to be also could have been chayv misa, you're going to be potter in the moment, whereas the ox is going to be chayv. That's where you avoid the whole problem altogether. So I'm going to Rabban the Rav. So Rabban said to Rav, the Chorah doesn't fit the wording of the Mishnah. The wording of the Mishnah was, why are you going to be potter? Because you are going to, because it's a capital offense and you're going to get killed. But if you tell me it's talking about a case of shogeg, then you're not actually going to be killed. But it says, that gives the reason you're part of it because you're going to get killed. Tomorrow says like this, so I'm a, uh, so I'm a lay rabbona and the rova. Me matiz mukmish lay b'shogeg. Can you tell me it's a case of shogeg? B'amim nation nidon b'navsho, shenidon b'navsho. It says that because you're going to be judged a capital offense, you're going to get killed, Katani. So it ha- so, that has to be amazing. It has to be situation. So he says that's not the pshat. The way to read the mission is hachik amar. It means like this, cave and amazing. It means it is a shogeg. But if you would have done it, amazing, it would have been a, a, a capital offense. Then then and under what circumstances the maze it would have been a capital offense going with Rabbi Yochanan's understanding the kaboy l'afra when you would have wanted the ashes then so b'shogeg and now that you're the even though you didn't want the ashes it was a shogeg nevertheless you're going to be still parted from the financial piece because kamleb dramene still applies all right let's go on to the next mishnah mishnah at the bottom of lamed hey. All right, some fun cases over here. Zog Delik Mishnah. Shor Shaya Rodef Achar Shor Achar. So you have Ruvain's Shor is chasing Shimon's Shor. 
with bad intent. Okay? The his Huzak. Now what happened was they go around the corner, and when you get around the corner, you find Shimon's uh, ox has been damaged. However, there was no eyewitnesses that actually saw Ruvain's ox damage Shimon's ox. So now there's a, the, the, the claimant is the Nizak, the defendant is the Mazik. So the claimant is saying, your ox gored my ox. Now we'll see whether he knows he's claiming definitively, I saw it, or it may be, we'll, we'll discuss that in the, in the Gemara. But uh, what, is, what is the defendant? Ruvain saying, Ruvain saying, no, you see that rock? Your, your ox tripped over that rock and it fell. It's true, my ox was chasing your ox, but I'm not responsible if you're on, uh, face planted in the ground and hurt itself, and therefore I am exempt. All right? So, Ze'omer Shorcha Hizik, Ze'omer Loki, that's not so. Ela the Sela Loka, it got damaged by a rock. What's the rule over here? Hamotzi mechaver olav araya. And we're going to see, the Chorah, this is a rule that everybody is aware of, so why do you have to see it over again? But nevertheless, Hamotzi araya, which seems to imply that if uh, Shimon wants to claim anything from Ruvain, what's going to have to happen? Uh, you have to prove it. You'll have to prove that Ruvain's animal caused direct damage to Shimon's animal. Okay, rule number one. That's the, now, so we have over here, Ruvain and Levi's ox are chasing Shimon's ox. So you've got two tag teaming, two ox, oxen going after one. All right? Now, Now here you have to tweak it a little bit the way the Mephoshim explained. What happens is, okay, we find Shimon's ox smashed on the ground. Now, Adim testified they were at a distance. They saw that it was caused by an ox, but they weren't close enough to do what? To see, was it Ruven's ox or was it Levi's ox? So obviously, what's Ruven going to say? It's and what is Levi saying? It's Ruvain, okay? So there was Zeomer Shorcha Hizik, right? And Zeomer Shorcha Hizik. So Ruvain saying was Levi's, Levi saying was Ruvain's. Shnei and Peturin, both of them again are going to be exempt uh, because again the same law will apply. Hamotzi Mechaver Lavaraya, which will mean that what? That in order for Shimon to kill a payment. Correct, exactly. Otherwise, leave everything, everything status quo. Now, let's say, that's, uh, in case number three, up the ante over here just a little bit. Let's say it was two animals chasing a third, but the two animals were both Ruvain's. Now, why is that going to make a difference? We'll see in a moment. Ruvain's two animals are chasing Shimon's one animal, okay? So, Hayim, Hayushneim, Shal Echon, Shal Ish Echon. Shneim Chayovin. Now, the word Shneim over here is going to be difficult. The one is going to have to, we'll see if we get to it today. But it shouldn't say we're both, both the animals. The animals aren't Chayev. Who's Chayev? The owners. Why? It should say Chayev. Because you have a mother shock. You can't say, well, that animal did or that animal. doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's got the same. Owner, so the Chora, either way, Ruvain is going to be Chayev. Moti Mechavel of Araya doesn't help you in this case, right? Everybody with me? Now, Haya Echad Gadol Echad Tam. Now it gets a little interesting. Let's say um, that the uh, Ruvain's animals, one was a large, expensive animal, 
and one was a small, inexpensive animal. Now here, especially if we're dealing with a tom, okay, it's going to make a big difference. Because remember, tom, you only can collect capped to the value of the damaging animal. So it's in Shimon's best interest. Okay, I know it was one of Ruvain's animals, but it's in his best interest. Which of the animal does he want to be the mazik? He wants the bigger, more expensive one. Why? Muad, because then he would get... Not Muad. Even if it's Tom. Oh, it's Tom. Oh, even oh. if it's Tom, because the bottom line is, his half of the damages oh, can only go security. capped to the value. full value. So if it's a bigger animal that damaged him, he has more of a cap to go to work under. Right? Yeah. So what is it like this? So, Echad Gadol, Echad Cotton. Hanizak Omer, Gadol Hizik. So, Shimon was the Nizak, he's the claimant. He says it was the large animal that damaged right. my animal. Hamazik Omer, Lokit, not so. Ella Cotton Hizik. All right? Or, and this is what I was referring to, let's say one of the two animals, one was a Tom, one was a Mua. Now, obviously, the, def- the claimant, the Nizak, wants it that it was the Mua that damaged his animals. Why? Because he gets full. It's full. If it was the Tom that damaged, he only gets half. So therefore, Echa Tom, Echa Mu'ad, Anizak Omer, Mu'ad Hizik, Hamazik Omer, Loki, not so. Ela Tom Hizik. Again, in all of these cases, Hamotzi Mechavero, Lava Raya. Now, just in the last couple of cases, which would seem to mean is that, that it's not, Shimon will be able to collect, but he'll only be able to collect from the lesser payment unless he can actually prove that he really it was the larger animal that damaged his, or it was the muad that damaged his. But the chorah, meaning that from what you want to take from, take from him based on what you're claiming, as opposed to what he's saying, you would have to bring a proof. But the chorah still means that you can still hold him liable for the lesser alternative. That's, and that's an important point that we're going to wait until the more to discuss. Now, let's say over here, we had a different scenario. Let's say it was a tag team that were the Mazik's animals, and it was a tag team that were the Nizak's animals. All right? Now, let's, the assumption that's being made here, larger animal causes larger amount of damage. Smaller animal causes smaller amount of damage. So therefore, like this, that... In the defendant, in the, in the, I'm sorry, in the claimant, which is the Nizak, he would rather, two animals chasing two animals, come around the corner, two smashed animals, the big one and the small one are smashed, the perpetrators with the big one and small one. Adam saw them, there was this, 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 this animal war going on, but they weren't able to identify clearly which one gored which one. So the Nizak wants to make it that the larger animal damaged my larger animal, which allows me more of a ability to collect my damages. And the smaller one damages the smaller one. From the smaller one, okay, from capped at a small amount, but it's a small amount of damage. Obviously, from the perspective of Ruvain, the Mazik, the defendant, what is he claiming? He's saying the, the larger animal damage, the smaller one, smaller damages. Smaller animal damage, the large one. Larger damages, but capped at the value of the smaller animal, right? So therefore, so how you on Izak and Shnayim, if the, uh, <coughs> the damaged animals 
There were two of them. Echad gadol echad cotton. And the mazikim and the damaging animals were shnayim. Echad gadol echad cotton. Hanizak, the claimant whose animals were damaged, says, Omer gadol hezek is a gadol, the cotton hezek is a cotton. Right? A mazik omer loki, that's not what happened. El a cotton is a gadol, the small one damaged the large one. And the gadol, the large one is a cotton. Right. Or, same scenario, two against two, except that one was a tongue and one was a muad. The damaging animal, one was a tongue, one was a muad. But same idea. Uh, the, from, the, from the claimant's perspective, he wants the larger animal that was damaged to be damaged by the muad. The smaller animal that was damaged, he wants to be damaged by the tongue, allows him a greater amount of ability to collect. Right? Everyone clear? So therefore, echatam echad muad, hanizak omer muad, hizik is a gadol. The muad damaged the large animal. Tam is a makat, and the tam damaged the small one. Hamazik omer loki, it's not the case. Elatam is a gadol, a muad is a cotton. Hamoti mechabel of araya. In all these cases, the burden of proof is on the claimant, which means is that you're only going to be able to collect the lesser amount until you can prove that you have rights to collect the larger amount. Now, the Gemara now is going to bring down a very interesting discussion, and I just want to give you the backdrop to this discussion. There is the opinion of Subchus. Everybody holds of this concept of Amotz Mechaber Varaya, right? The burden of proof is on the claimant. That's a universal rule. However, Subchus holds that there are scenarios where we don't say Amotz Mechaber Varaya. I'll give you the example. Let's say Ruben's ox is chasing Shimon's pregnant cow. Okay? Come around the corner and we have dead pregnant cow on the ground and next to the uh, dead pregnant cow is dead fetus. Okay? Now, Shimon... The claimant says, your ox gored my pregnant cow, and therefore you have to pay me not only for the cow, but you also have to pay me for the fetus. fetus. What Ruvain is saying, no. Your animal, your cow, because it was afraid, prior to being gored, it aborted. And therefore, my cow was, my ox was only directly responsible for the death of your cow, and I do not have to pay for the fetus. Now, what you would normally say was, Amotzi Mechaveiro Alavaraya, which means what? I mean, the guy who owns the cow is going to have to prove that the. That the, that the animal did not miscarry. Right. Prior to the damage occurring, if he wants to get paid for the fetus, right? Mm-hmm. Comes along Sumchas, and Sumchas says a new thing. Sumchas says there is a concept of Drara de Mamona. Drara de Mamona is, is that when the situation, when you look at the situation, look at the evidence, it casts already a question. Meaning like this. He says, there's no question. If you have my claim against your claim, when what creates the doubt is the suffix has been created by the claims. So then you say, But if the situation on the ground is creating the, the suffix as to what happens, in such a case, we say, Is that we divide the suffix. Each one takes half of the loss. 
So now, how does that work? So listen carefully. Assuming we're dealing with an ox being a tom. Let's just make an ox being a tom because that happens to be the case that he's talking about. So now, on the cow itself, how much is Ruven going to have to pay Shimon? How much of the damages? Since his, the animal that's damaging is a tom, what would he have to pay? 50%. Chatzinez, correct. Now, on the fetus, since when there's a suffake, you split the loss, each one incurs half of the loss, if the fetus would have been inside the animal at the time of the goring, it would have been 50-50 on the whole thing. But now that we don't know what happened, so instead of saying that he pays for 50% of the fetus, you divide it and he only pays 25% for the fetus. That when you have a suffix, you divide, you split it down the middle, you divide the loss. So that's 50% on the cow and 25% on the fetus. So that's his situation. When you have a suffix, you divide. That's his situation. Now, why don't you say, because he says the only time you say, is when it's the claims that create the suffix. But over here, it's not the claims that are creating the suffix. What's creating the suffix? You look at you look at the situation. We got a dead cow and we got a dead fetus. So where it is the the, the circumstances that are creating the suffix, then we don't say We say which makes it therefore twenty five percent of the fetus. Everyone understand why it's twenty five percent of the fetus? Because it would have been and then because it's a suffix that comes at twenty five, right? Okay, now, what does that have to do with anything? What the Gemara is going to say, all of a sudden, we're now teaching you the rules of, of, of Motsi Mechavera of Araya. Everybody knows how Motsi Mechavera, so what are the Chachamim teaching me over here on Motsi Mechavera of Araya? What the Gemara is going to say is, the Chachamim over here are teaching this because they are telling you we disagree with Simchus' notion. Because our case is similar to the case of the pregnant cow. You come around the corner... All right, and you find a dead ox. All right, now without the claims, there's already a situation on your hands. We got one ox standing there, one ox dead, and the question is which one did it. But without the claims, you already have the situation. Which therefore, what Sumchus should be holding over here is not a motzi mechavera lavaraya. What he should say is, since it's a sofek, we would split in half. But our Mishnah doesn't say that. Our Mishnah says, because what our Mishnah's point is trying to make is that even in cases where it's called a drara de mamona, drara de mamona means there's a situational suffix being created, the Chachamim still disagree and they still say the rule is always a Everybody with me? That's what we're doing. Some would disagree. No, some would disagree that our Mishnah's not going like some because that's the point. So I'm Rabbi Chibar Abba. So says, Zoso Meris, based on the need to teach us this Mishnah, we see from here, Chalukin Alav Chaver Sumchus, that the Chachamim, his friends, his colleagues, would disagree with Sumchus. The Amra Mona Mutlu Savikokin, that he holds when you have a situation where there is Mona Mutlu Safik, where the Safik is being created by the situation at hand, 
that you say you split the loss between the two of them, you divide, right? Clearly, that's not the ruling of our Mishnah, because our Mishnah is still maintaining to point. The point is, that's why our Mishnah is being taught, because our Mishnah wants to teach me that the Chachamim, what? The Chachamim disagree with the position of Subhus. Because our case is similar to the case of that cow, right? That's the case. So I'm a little of Abba Bar Mama, a little Mama, Abba. Abba, he said like this. Now, this is important to know. Anytime you have claims, claims can really fall into three categories. You can either have Bari against a Bari. What is a Bari against a Bari? A Bari means when each one is claiming with certainty. I'm certain this is what happened. The other one says, no, I'm certain this is what happened. You can have a suffix against a suffix. I'm not sure what happened. The other one says, I'm also not sure what happened. Or you could have a bari against a suffix. Now, bari can be either from the claimant or the defendant. One of them is a suffix. One of them is a bari. Okay? Now, what the, what the Mara is suggesting, or is discussing over here, it's true that Sumchus says that when it's a situation of suffix, we don't know what happened, so therefore, if it's a situational suffix based on the evidence on the ground, so we'll say, that when you have a situation of a suffix, we will divide it, and we will not just say, now, what, 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 uh, what, now, if you're telling me that our Mishnah is not going like Sumchus, the understanding of our Mishnah, and the one is going to show it from the wording, is that the case over here was the claimant and defendant, the Nizak and the Mazik, were both claiming definitively. The Nizak was saying, your ox gourd, and the Mazik was saying, no, that's not what happened. It happened from the rock. It's a bari against the bari. Each one is claiming definitively as to what happens. But then what I wants to know, what Sumchus even allow, that you don't say but you split the losses, is that even where the uh, defendant is claiming bari? Because that's already a big stretch. I am telling you, I know what happened. And still, I'm going to make you have to take, I'm going to take at least... 50% of it I'm going to take away from you, even when what? Even when the defendant is willing to claim Bari, right? That's, so that's what I was asking. You're telling me Sumchus holds even by Bari against the Bari, you still would split the losses, right? Because what would make most sense, if everybody's a Suffolk, nobody knows what happened. So nobody knows what happened, so therefore split it. But when you say some, they claim they know what happened, do we say that as well? So that's what I wants to know. So therefore, so I'm a leader of Abba Bar Mama, or Chia Bar Abba. I'm our Simchus. Simchus would hold his position. I feel the Bari against the Bari. So Amalei in, yes, Simcha's position is even akin to case of Bari against the Bari. Amar Simcha's I feel a Bari of Bari. Now, it says the more like this, me my, the man is in Bari Bari. Well, how do you know? How do you know our Mishnah is talking about a Bari against the Bari? Maybe our Mishnah, they're both a Suffolk. How do you know in the case of our Mishnah, it's a Bari against the Bari? Bari against Bari. Who? Dektani, because look at the wording. It says, Ze Omer Shorchehizik. The 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 the, the, the damager the, the the what's the name the the claimant is saying your ox did it that's not so that's not so it was from the ground what does it imply the language implies that each one is definitively so therefore our case is bari against bari and if the purpose of our mission is to show you the chacham don't hold of Sumchus's ruling that means Sumchus would hold his ruling even against a bari against a bari so now the morris is a good question listen to the technique it's a little technical i want to explain this outside now the problem I'm going to say, if the first half of the Mishnah is talking about a bari against a bari, again, remember symmetry, if you want to keep a line in the Mishnah, that means that the, all the cases, 
Even the last guy have to be talking about a case of Bari against a Bari. Now the problem with that is going to be as follows. There is a position of... Uh, uh, there is a, 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 a ruling of Rabbi Bar Nosson. Now Rabbi Bar Nosson is an Amora. So he can't argue with a Mishnah. Now Rabbi Bar Nosson holds like this. Listen to it, very interesting. Let's say I go to Johnny... And I say, uh, I lent you, and you owe me uh, ten bundles of wheat. Right? And Johnny says, that's not what happens. I only owe you ten bundles of barley. Now, what would you say should happen? I don't have proof one way. You don't have proof one way. Land barley is less valuable. He's got to pay at least a barley. You, you would think that. Well, it's not even motive mitzvahs because I'm saying barley. I'm not saying you owe me five barrels of. I'm not saying it's five. The barley's worth less. That's why. But again, yeah. But again, but it's a completely different item. Yes. Right. So I'm saying like that's motive mitzvah. But I'm saying like you're saying barley. I'm saying wheat. Now. So I was saying so what happens? So fine. So then give me the barley. Rab Nassan Nassan. What's his name? Rab Rabbi Bar Nassan says. When I say that you owe me wheat, implicit in that is as if I'm saying is that you don't owe me barley. Meaning, even if you did owe me barley, I am forfeiting my right. I'm like, I'm being like, I'm, I'm, I'm releasing, relinquishing my right to claim for barley. Which means that if you admitted to barley and I said wheat, according to Rabbi, you cannot even claim the barley anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you hear that, right? Now, Keep that in mind. So now, we're talking about our Mishnah, we had to say, it's a case of Bari against the Bari. That's the way we understand our Mishnah. Okay? So, so it says, different than Mother Mishnah. So, that, so now, what the one is going to say, Ema Sefer. So what it says like this. So now, be the ratio Bari Bari, since the ratio is Bari Bari, then Sefer should also be, second half of the Mishnah, should also be a case of Bari against the Bari. So Ema Sefer. Alright? Echad Gadol Echad Cotton. You had the two animals, the damaging animals. One was a large animal, and one was a small animal. It's two different animals, right? Nizok, the claimant, uh, is saying, God Hizik, that what killed my cow was the big animal. Umazik, and the mazik is in his best interest. He's saying, well, okay, that's not what happened. Ella, cotton Hizik, because it limits his liability when it's only capped to the value of the smaller one, all right? Now, or the case was Echad Tam, Echad Muad, that one of them was a Tam, one of the Muad. So Nizik Omer Muad Hizik, the Mazik says, Loki, okay, that's not what happened. El Tam Hizik. So we said the ruling over there is that the simple understanding is, is that, that, that if the claimant, which the Nizak, he wants to get paid from the larger animal or for the Muad, he's going to have to prove it. If he can't prove it, then all he's allowed to collect from is the smaller one. Now, if it's talking about a case of Bari against the Bari, means he was saying definitively, now you have a problem. Because according to Rabbi uh, Bar Nasson, when he said it's the large, it was the Muad that did it, according to him, implicitly is saying is, and it was not the Tom. Well, if, if he's admitting that it wasn't the Tom, or he's relinquishing the right to let the Tom, and he cannot prove that it was the Muad, then it's not just the Motzmech of El that what I want to take out extra from you I have to prove. He should not be allowed to collect 
anything if it's a case of Bari against the Bari. See, if it was a case of a suffix, it wouldn't have been a problem. Because he says, I, it might have been. Might have been is not a relinquishment on the other one. But if you're saying it's definitive, then you're relinquishing. So this would be a question on Rabbi bar Why is this not brought as a way to refute his position if it's talking about a Bari against the Bari? That's the most point. So Moses is like this. So therefore, Moses is like this. So, which implies that if you cannot bring a raya that was the larger animal or it was the, the muad, then he, gets to, he has to take what the mazik was saying, take from the tam, take from the smaller animal. So, this then should be a refutation on the amor, that if the claimant claimed wheat and the, and the defendant admitted to barley, Potter, he cannot even claim the barley. Why? Because you forfeited your right. It's as if you relinquished your right on the barley once you said that it happened with wheat. If you said it was wheat, you can't collect the barley. So therefore, so I said the more you're right. So it cannot be talking about a case of barley against the barley. Let's make it a case of barley against the Shema. So Ella barley of Shema. Now let's figure out. So who's the barley and who's the Shema? Defendant or the claimant? Who's the barley? Who's the Shema? So one says like this, Bari Shema, the Kamar Bari Man, the Kamar Shema Man, who's the Bari, who's the Shema? Now, Enema, the Kamar Nizak Bari, let's say that the claimant, the Nizak is the claimant, the one who was damaged. So he's saying is, I know that it was the big animal. I know that it was a Muad. The Kamar Mazik, and the Mazik was saying, no, how do you know? Maybe it was the smaller one that did it. Maybe it was the Tom that did it. Shema, the Mazik Shema. Then you still have a Tiyuft against Rabbi Barnos. It doesn't help you. Because by the fact that he says, I know it was the Muad, he's relinquishing the right to go after the Tom. So it wouldn't just be a Motsi Mechavero Lavaraya. He wouldn't be able to get anything in that case. So when it says, Akati, it would still be Lematava Tiyuft to the Ella, when it's talking about one of them is a boy and one of them is a, 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 a Shema, it must be the claimant is the Shema. The claimant, the Nizak, is saying, it might have been your Muad. It might have been the large animal. Now, by the fact he said it only it might have been, he's not relinquishing the right that it could have been the, other, have been the other one. Now, the defendant is saying, no, I know for a fact it was the large one. That's okay. That's his prerogative, but that doesn't stop me from taking from the smaller one. I could still go take from the small one. I can't take from the bigger one because that's a Mosmechavel of Orion, but I could still take from the smaller one because I'm not relinquishing the right because uh. the claimant is only a Shema. So Moses says like this, Nizak Shema, Bori. Okay, so we've proven now that the end of the Mishnah to make sense that it's not a reputation on the position of Rabbi Barnason must be talking about a Bori Shema situation where the Nizak is the, is the Shema and the Mazik is the Bori. But now let's go back to the beginning of the Mishnah. And, and a Mazik Bori from the fact that the second half of the Mishnah had to be what? Yeah. So, so therefore, Rashi should be the same thing. Nizak Shema, Mazik Bori. Now, the problem with the one is going to say is like this is that Lechora, that's a little difficult to hear. Meaning like this, think about what's happening. The claimant doesn't know what's going on. He says, the claimant is saying, I don't know what happened. It might have been your ox, it might have been the ground. Comes along the defendant, he says, I was there. I saw that what? That it was the ground, it wasn't the thing. We're still going to take away half 
We're going to take away 50% from him. We're going to make him have to pay. According to Sumchus, Sumchus, you're saying, holds. No, we're going to split, split it down the middle, 50-50. Why would you do that? Sumchus, it's true that Sumchus says that when it's a suffix, you go split it down the middle. But if it's a suffix where the, the guy who's claiming doesn't know what happened, and the one who's defending says, I know what he's going to say there. You're going to take away 50% of money there. To say that when they're both Bari, I understand. To say when they're both Shema, I understand. But when the, the defendant is a Bari and the claimant is a Shema, it's very hard to hear that Simchus would say, we're going to take away money Shema, from the... Shema, where they're both Shema or where they're both Bari to say, Simchus would say, it's a Suffolk, take away 50%. Okay. I understand. But where the defendant doesn't know what happened, I mean, not the defendant, where the claimant doesn't know what happened. And the defendant is saying, I know what happened. We're still going to make the defendant have to give up 50% of that's okay. That's much harder to hear in the position of Sumchus. Where it says, Sumchus, I feel that that, even in that case, because that's saying that our Mishnah is talking about that case, the Chachamim in that case hold on Moz Mechavel of Arayah, and it's coming to teach me that they argue with Sumchus, because in that case, Sumchus would say, that you take away that, the loy. When it says, you're right, look. Say for Nizak Shema Mazik Bori, what we'll say is like this, you're right. The second half of the Mishnah only worked as we proved where the, the, the claimant was a Shema and the defendant was a Mazik, right? The first half of the Mishnah, they have to flip it around. The first half of the Mishnah, you have to say, Resha Nizak Bori, the claimant was a Bori. I'm telling you that the ground, that, that, that your animal did, it wasn't the ground. The defendant, the man is saying, I don't know. It's still a Bari Shema, but it's a Bari Shema the other way around. Now there you can hear Simchus would say, the claimant says he knows what happened. The defendant doesn't know what happened. So therefore you should split it half, right, split it. So therefore, Shema, Moses says like this, but now it comes out, it's not exactly, there's no symmetry. Because, Why did you flip it? Because one is, in one it's the defendant is the man, the Shema, and the one, and the one is the defendant is the man. So Moses says, Bahaloi, Damio, Rachel is safe. It's not exactly the same. So Amri, uh, so therefore, Amri Bari Veshema, Shema Bari Chad Milsehi. It's still similar, because they both don't have Bari and Shema situations. The fact that you flip it around, it's not out of the, out of the realm of the, so therefore, to say one's Bari and one's Shema, the other one's Bari and one's Shema, similar. But to say that the one, when we thought originally one was Bari Bari, and the other one was Bari and Shema, that would be completely out of the thing. I have that same thing that mosquitoes coming over here tomorrow time. Why is it like this? So therefore, Bari Bari, bari and, uh, and Bari the Shema, and Shema Bari, that would be Trey Milsah to Imninu. That's two completely different things, and that we cannot, uh, that would be not be, uh, 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 okay to have the Mishnah go through under such a circumstance. Okay, we'll stop over here. Then. What are you doing tomorrow?